When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We welcome you back to Get Up on this Tuesday morning. Coming to you live, as always, from the Seaport, brought to you by Grey Goose. We are jam-packed on an enormous day, as we talked about. We got the college football playoff rankings tonight. We got a big game on Monday Night Football last night that we will get to. And maybe most important of all, we are seven hours away from the NFL trade deadline. There it is, just ticking past the seven-hour mark. And here is the man who knows all, Adam Schefter, who probably slept last a week ago Tuesday, is with us here getting set for trade deadline day. Shefty, set the table for us here. What should the fans be thinking about and to knowing what yeah. you are hearing as we work our way towards the deadline this afternoon? Green, I know there are all sorts of hopes and expectations, but let's remember the fact that there already have been five trades within the last week. Five. So those are the types of moves that ordinarily fans might be accustomed to seeing on the final day of the trade deadline, which is at 4 o'clock Eastern today. So for all those people who have grand hopes, they're probably going to be disappointed. Now, I still think we still could see a trade or two today, and the most notable one would involve the Broncos linebacker Bradley Chubb. The Broncos have been in talks with other teams. In this point in time, I think either they will trade him for a package that does include a first-round draft pick, or they will opt to re-sign him to a long-term extension. Either way, Bradley Chubb is poised to become the next defensive player who lands a mammoth-sized contract. The question is whether it will be in Denver with the Broncos or it will be with another team. He, to me, is the biggest name player that could be traded today. Now, there could be a surprise that sneaks in there. My guess would be no. There are other names that are dangling out there. Naheem Hines, Cam Akers, Jeff Wilson, a whole host of other names that are out there, and maybe something could get done. But we've already seen a lot of activity. We've seen that teams are more willing to make deals, five in the last week, and I would imagine we get another trade or two today, hopefully more, but that, I think, is a realistic expectation. A lot of fans, I think, are waiting to hear wide receivers' names called today. Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy, Elijah Moore to some degree. What, okay. what should we be expecting there? Let's take you through all of them. The, the Jets have said they're not going to trade Elijah Moore. We'll take them at their word, and I think that that's probably an accurate assessment. The Broncos don't want to trade Jerry Judy or K.J. Hamler right now because essentially they poured almost a quarter of a billion dollars, not to mention the draft picks, into Russell Wilson. They want to get the offense back on track. Jerry Judy's coming off a game in which he caught six passes for 62 yards and a touchdown. The offense, as bad as it's been this year, did show a few signs of life on Sunday in a win, and now, essentially, they want to try to hold on to those offensive pieces, especially when Jerry Judy has multiple years left on his contract. Brandon Cooks is in a little bit of a different category. The Houston Texans would be open to trading him and would like to find a trade partner. The problem is, is that Cooks is due $18 million fully guaranteed next year. And there aren't a lot of teams, if any, that are willing to take on that salary and take that off the Houston Texans' hands. So for all the people who want to see their team go trade for Brandon Cooks, that's great. It would help this year. He's a great player. He's somebody you want in the locker room. 
But the fact of the matter is right now, there's not a team that's willing to eat that contract for next year. And contracts become a major part of all these deals, Greeny. We saw last week the Chicago Bears paid down the salary on Robert Quinn when they traded him to Philadelphia to make it easier for the Eagles to fit him under the cap. Yesterday, when the Bears trade Roquan Smith to the Ravens, they paid down his salary to the point where essentially the Ravens are paying him about a half million dollars in base salary this season. And so money is a part of all these deals. Money is a part of the Bradley Chubb deal. You're not going to make that deal unless you have an agreement in place with the player. And so money becomes a huge factor in all these deals, and it will be today in the deals that are or are not made. All right, and so, so let's deal with some of the teams now whose fans are among those you're talking about, Shefty, saying, please go out and get us somebody. Like, how about Green Bay? The Packers, they're three and five. They've lost four consecutive games. Yesterday, the questions go into the head coach, Matt LaFleur, about his team's mindset as this deadline fast approaches. Here's what he said. Yeah, we've been having those conversations for weeks now, and it, it, it really comes down to, to opportunity. If the right opportunity presents itself, I know that Goody's all on board of, of trying to upgrade our roster. You're always trying to do that, but um, we're not going to just do a silly deal. Are you open to being sellers if that if the right situation comes? I hope not. But you know, you just you never know. All right, so that's a painfully awkward exchange. So let's put that behind us. <laughs> Tell Shefty, Robert, what you yes. told everybody here earlier about one of the players he just mentioned that you think Green Bay should roll the dice on. Oh, 100%. The Green Bay Packers should go and get a proven playmaker in Brandon Cooks. Shefty, you said it. Teams have been more willing to pay down uh, the salary of, certain, of these players, and they got to get the Houston Texans to take on some of that $18 million guaranteed for next year. But this guy would really give Aaron Rodgers a proven guy who's done it on four different teams, right? In nine seasons, he got six 1,000-yard seasons. He knows how to get in rhythm with the quarterback because he's always doing his job and where he's supposed to be at. Now, he doesn't solve all of the Packers' issues, but he does give them a receiving core where now all of their twos and threes can actually be threes and fours, and that would actually help them move the football a little bit more outside of just running the football with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I see you nodding, Shefty. Maybe we, and I, yeah. I, I feel like I can make a deal with Adam Shefty. <laughs> <laughs> Shefty, what do you think? Greeny, let's get it done. Essentially, last year, you'll remember, the Packers were in on Odell Beckham Jr. They've been on any number of offensive playmakers. The issue is getting a deal like this done and figuring out the financial component to it. And if the Houston Texans are willing to absorb a lot of that salary or a good portion of that $18 million fully guaranteed for next year, yeah, Brandon Cooks definitely could help the Green Bay Packers. There's no question about it. But here's the thing on the Green Bay Packers. Everybody wants the Packers to go make this big deal. Let's keep in mind they're 3-5. and five. They've lost four straight games. I don't care whether they trade for Brandon Cooks, Jerry Rice, Robert Griffin III, you name the player. <laughs> nobody's coming in that door to all of a sudden just miraculously cure everything that's gone wrong in Green Bay this season. Yes, there's somebody that could help them. Yes, there's somebody that could help them make a playoff push. But nobody is just going to turn around this team in a season that right now has gone awry. Well, so, Danny, that, that brings us to an interesting place with them. Because we may agree, I may agree with what Shefty is saying, but the reality is you have a quarterback at the very end of his right. career who's one of the greatest players of all time. So to punt on a season or not, to, I know they're not a team that likes to make these aggressive moves, right. but they're in this unique place where if not now, then when? And that's, that's part of the psychology here, right? And then this is what Adam is talking about. If you could convince the Green Bay Packers 
that there is a player out there they could acquire that would make them a Super Bowl championship team. They would make that move. They would right. trade a first-round pick for that player. Yeah. But I don't think that player that, that in their mind or, or in reality is out there. Right. As, as Adam mentions, they have a lot of needs, and that's all part of the calculus when you decide – how much are we willing to give up to try and win this season? I'm not going to put words in anyone here's mouth, but it sounds to me, Jeff, like we're sort of tiptoeing towards saying it's kind of hopeless in oh. Green Bay. I mean, that, that's, what it's, that's what I feel like I'm hearing, yeah. that, that no matter what happens, this just isn't going to happen. You bring yeah. back Aaron Rodgers at $50 million, and no. he's got the two more and everything else. And, uh, Jeff, is it, is it hopeless yeah, in as, Green Bay? Yeah, as it's constructed, this isn't getting any better. And, listen, I, I put a lot at, at, at Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers' feet. Like, like, listen, they understand what this offense was. This no surprise that wide receiver is going to be a weakness of this offense. I mean, we all talked about it for dang near four months before the season started. <laughs> so if we know it, they have to know it, right? They knew their two best players on offense were their running backs, and they still continue. The worst part of it is their best game plan was against Buffalo. <laughs> that's the way they're going to win. So that, that's the way they have to go win football games. They have to continue that. But when your defense is getting run through the way it is, and you expect that to be a strength of your football team. And by the way, Devontae Adams was a huge loss. Zadarius Smith was a mag it was it was a monumental loss for this defense, not just because of his ability, but his attitude, like what he carried on this defense. He now plays for the Vikings who are, you know, it lost one game. So when you're talking about it's not just one guy, they lost a few guys that really have contributed to this failure. Shefty, where does this leave us in Green Bay? And where does it leave their legendary quarterback? Well, to Jeff's point, right, they've got two great running backs, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Neither one has lit it up this year. Neither one has lit it up. And guess what? It's November 1st. Thank so you. you're talking about making a deal for a wide receiver or an offensive player on November 1st. Why didn't they do this on October 1st? Why didn't right. they do this August 1st? Why didn't they do this May 1st? Why are we waiting till November 1st to make a deal for a wide receiver? It doesn't make sense. And so now they're three and five. Now the wide receiver, if they can even work out a deal, has got to learn the offense, has got to get on the same page with Aaron Rodgers. All these things have to happen. And yes, they should do that because any one of these years could be Aaron Rodgers last year. And you should do everything you can to give one of the great quarterbacks another chance for playoff glory. But the fact of the matter, it's late in the game. Yep. And now you're on the deadline day. And it's just tough to think there's going to be somebody out there Who's going to make a huge difference? Yeah, I'll tell you what it says to me, Dan, is that they overestimated what they had or, or underestimated so, the depth of the problem that it was going to be at the departure on the offensive side of Adams. So once they move Adams, right, they, they, they looked at the landscape, right, and they saw you know, Tyreek Hill is now on the market and A.J. Brown is now on the market. They, they basically made the decision as the Packers, like in order to give up picks and then spend that money to get right. that player, they would have done it for Devontae Adams because they knew him. Right. right, but you know they, they were concerned about bringing in somebody they, they weren't sure about uh, as a player, and, and you know, and so they drafted two guys. They drafted yep. a guy in the second round. They drafted a guy in the fourth round. The guy they drafted in the second round hasn't been able to stay on the field. That's that's how they tried to attack the problem. Yeah, I'm at the point now though where I'm thinking, just get a body in there, right? I mean, yeah. they're down. They're Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, both hurt. Christian Watson hurt again. Like they are just short on numbers at yeah. that position. We will go through more teams as we continue. You see the time till the trade deadline. Shefty's got his phone glued to his head. We'll come right back to you, Shefty, if there is any news of any kind as we roll along here. In the meantime, oh, by the way, the battle for Ohio last night. Fascinating game. Bengals-Browns 
beatdown on Monday Night Football. Mm. Joe Burrow ready to go last night. The Browns fans in full regalia last night. But opening drive, the guy who was really ready to go last night, Jeff, was Miles Garrett. Yeah, Jonah Williams can't win. He's got him blocked at the line of scrimmage, still jumps up, tips the ball for an interception. I mean, it's just a nightmare if you're, if you're Jonah Williams. Speaking of nightmare, how about yeah. this move? Good heavens, are you kidding me right now? Uh, man shouldn't be that size, have that type of speed and agility. Are you kidding me? Mm. Just ban it. Ban it. Ban it. <laughs> ban the move. Good Miles Garrett right should be illegal, right? Okay, yes. fair enough. Next side. All right, uh, Robert Griffin III. The Browns try to get cute, and this is not so cute. Yes, Amari Cooper, you got to make sure you finish the play with the ball. Wide receivers shouldn't be playing quarterback, Greeny. That's exactly what Aikman said. You QBs all stick together on this <laughs> stuff. That's a terrible play. It's picked off by Von Bell, but Cooper would make up for it. He starts to do it right here. And this is the one thing he can do, and that's catch the football. Keep doing that, Amari. What, what an acquisition he has proven yeah. to be. And then we got Nick Chubb, and he's going to power this thing in. Woo! Browns would take that in. They go for the two and get it. So they're up eight to nothing. Later in the half, it's Burrow trying to make something happen. But, Jeff, he was under duress all night. Oh, listen, he was under assault. I mean, he, he, you saw the Miles Garrett spin move. It wasn't just that one. Sacked five times, harassed seven more times on top of that. Not the day he was looking for. 11 nothing at the half. Now third quarter. Jacoby Brissett, Robert, he, he doesn't always run it. But when he does, he's pretty effective. Yeah, the, you know, you call him Brissett. I call him brisket. And the brisket was just right last <laughs> night. Getting that touchdown run was impressive. 18-0 is your score. And then on the other side, again, Jeff, five sacks of Joe Burrow. Why are you going to show that? I mean, just in, 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 because he was sacked five times. We chose amongst okay. the five. Uh, and then on the other side, it became the Amari Cooper show last night, Robert, in every way. Yes, after that interception he threw, he went on a rampage, caught five balls for 131 yards and a touchdown. And you think they would not put him in one-on-one coverage in the go- on the goal line situation, but they did. 32-13 to Cleveland in a surprise. And the Bengals' offensive line continues to be the problem. They've allowed 30 sacks, only the Bears have allowed more. They're the worst or among the worst teams in terms of pass block win rate. And bear in mind, Burrow was getting the ball out of his hands fourth fastest in the league. This is an offensive line problem, and it has become a serious concern for Cincinnati again. All right, as we continue, it's been a season to forget for Tom Brady. What can the Bucs do today to turn things around quickly? Plus, after an enormous Sunday against the Bears, calls for Tony Pollard to be the number one back in Dallas. We'll tell you why that is an absolutely terrible idea as we roll on. Get up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. 
click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. All right, we are back on Get Up, and we call this Overreaction Tuesday. I'll say something that I think people are generally saying, and Dan Graziano will tell us, if that something is an overreaction. So if someone were to say Tony Pollard should be the lead back for Dallas, would that be an overreaction? Yes, because he's really good at what they already have him doing. With Ezekiel Elliott hurt and unable to play, they still only gave Tony Pollard 14 carries because that's the right number. And he can be explosive and effective and help them win with that. Look, it was working with last year with the two of them in the roles they had. It was working earlier this year. The Cowboys shouldn't mess with it. All right, fair enough. Next one would be about the Jets. Yeah. So I have a million people saying this to me. Zach Wilson is not the answer at quarterback for the Jets. Is that an overreaction? It is an overreaction. Though I understand, based on Sunday's game, why people would have that reaction. He looked overwhelmed. Not just, you know, like a, like a, you know, a young player. He looked like he was not ready for the moment. And that's a concern. Look, he's had 17 starts. It is too soon to make the conclusion that he's not the long-term answer. You would, however, like to see progress, and it looks more like he's regressing. So the next few weeks and the rest of this season, I think, are very, very critical in terms of the Jets figuring out the answer to this question. I actually agree with that completely. Last stop would be Tampa. If people were to say the Bucks are still the best team in the NFC South, is that an overreaction? It's not an overreaction. You look at the names on the backs of the jerseys. You look at the rosters. I think the Atlanta Falcons are doing remarkable things but I don't think it, it necessarily lasts. The Buccaneers can turn this thing around. They still have the best quarterback in the division. I, I, I think they end up on top. That quarterback, obviously, is Tom Brady. He has his Let's Go podcast, where last night, for the first time, he addressed uh, some of the issues that he's dealing with off the field and then talked about the issues his team has on the field. Here was Brady last night. You know, I think there's a lot of professionals in life that go through things that they deal with at work and they deal with at home. and. Obviously, the good news is things. it's a very amicable situation, and I'm really focused on two things, taking care of my family and certainly my children. Secondly, doing the best job I can to win football games. Losing sucks, and we've put a lot into winning just like every team does, and no one's feeling sorry for the Bucks. We know that, and we got to go change it. So I think the attitude is you know, there's no surrender. Who cares what happened? In the past eight weeks, our record is what it is. We're not changing it. And, uh, you know, it's a big challenge for us. So we're going to see what we're made of. And I think time will tell all. So, again, the best thing that they have going for them in Tampa is the division, which is not run away from them in the way that Aaron Rodgers' division to some degree has. So, Shefty, should we expect anything in the way of help for Brady today before the trade deadline? I don't think so, Greeny, only because, again, I don't think you're going to see a lot of moves. I don't know what the Bucks would go out and get right now. They certainly could use some help on the defense side of the football. The defense has been a letdown this year. They could use some offensive line help, but what team in the National Football League couldn't at this point in time? And it's an interesting situation in the NFC South right now because the Bucks have been awful. The Saints have been poor before the win on Sunday against the Raiders. The Falcons and Panthers have struggled, but you take a look at the records right there. Everybody, including Carolina, is in the thick of things in the NFC South move. NFC South division. So the Panthers, who have been sellers, and the Saints, who mortgage a little bit of their future, trading away a future one and two to Philadelphia to get a one last year, still are in it. And Tampa at three and five is still in. All these teams are still in the midst. So none of them really want to sell too much. All of them would be interested in buying. But again, many of the moves that have been made 
already have been made. I don't think you're going to see a ton of activity. If teams find a player that can help them, they'll do it. But there's not a lot out there right now. Yeah, the Panthers, I mean, it's unbelievable. DJ Moore keeps his helmet on. They might be in first place this morning, yeah, despite right. the fact that, it would, <laughs> that they fired their coach, traded away their best player, and lost their first and second string quarterback. Every team in the division would be three and five if the Panthers Yeah, that that's exactly yeah. right. And, and the Panthers actually, <laughs> with breaking the tie, would be in first place. So yeah. mm -hmm. let's, just, let's just imagine that Tom Brady's team is going to remain basically intact. Can they turn it around in the second half, Jeff? I don't Absolutely. just mean win a terrible division at, you know, 7 and 10. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean actually <laughs> look like a team that could do something by the end of the I year. I think they can. And listen, I, I think they understand. This little 10-day mini-buy, for lack of a better term, is probably the best thing. It was awful to have to go play the Ravens and, and, and get, get beat down the way they did. But this team will get better. I think Brady's focus of what they needed. You saw how many, you know, how much miscommunication or not understanding between he and Mike Evans. I mean, it was craziness. So the fine focus of this football team has to be drawn back in. I think when you think about Leftwich and getting back to this offense, listen, they're all, they're, their interior three offensive linemen have struggled. There's no, there's no secret. There's no hiding that. But they can, they can find ways to get Fournette back mixed in this and those outside receivers. But their defense has got to carry them, Greeny. That's the bottom line. And, and right now they haven't done that the last few weeks. How about Brady? I mean, we, we've seen he addressed it. That's why he wanted to play that for you. He addressed the issues in his life. It's none, right. nobody's business. But it, clearly that has been something that has been weighing on yeah. him. You see that. You see the miscommunications with, with the guy who's been with him for years now and Mike right. Evans. What are you seeing in Tom Brady right now? Yeah, I just think the Bucks have had a tumultuous offseason. Yeah. Right? Brady retired, came back out of retirement. Bruce Aaron stepped aside. There's questions about whether Brady and Aaron's had a great relationship. Uh, Gronk's not there, right? Everyone, he's working out the whole offseason, mm -hmm. ready to, to play there, and then he decides, you know what, I'm going to go work for Fox. So I just look at everything that's been going on. Their offensive line had injuries early in training camp. They're not protecting him in the interior offensive line. They're last in the league in, ru in rushing yards per game, mm -hmm. so they have no balance on the offensive side. It feels like the sky is falling yeah. on the Bucks. And they're one game out of first place. <laughs> right, right. So I think they win this division. I think Tom Brady and the Bucks figure it out. This 10-day break will give them a chance, Jeff, yep. to go out there and say, all right, how do we manufacture a running game with Leonard Fournette and the weapons that we have at wide receiver? We still have the greatest quarterback of all time playing the game, and our defense is going to have to accept the challenge that at times they're going to have to carry this football team. That's right. The only other thing other than Gronk coming out of retirement that yeah. can help the Bucks. Would be Indomitian Sue being signed on the defensive line yeah, or Jeff Saturday coming out of retirement to help him block? Yeah, okay, yeah, let's yeah. start with that one. Let me yeah. get, get a scoop here for Graziano or Shefty. Any chance you give them a couple of plays? Uh, you, if Bowles you, calls you. You pay me too much money. Okay. If, <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you crushed the Bucks' dreams. You crushed the Bucks' dreams. <laughs> then I'll start working on Indomitian Sue. But everybody stay where you are. Much more as we work our way towards trade deadline day after looking rusty in his first start back from injury. Dak looked great against the Bears. We'll tell you why a healthy Prescott makes the Cowboys so dangerous. Moving forward as we get up with you on ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We are back on Get Up, and we are counting it down to the NFL trade deadline. Six and a half hours for deals to be made. Robert Griffin III, who should the Packers be trading for? Oh, the Packers should be trading for Brandon Cooks, right? Six 1,000-yard seasons in seven years in the NFL. He's done it with every type of quarterback you can imagine. On four different teams, he would instantly upgrade their wide receiver room and give them a proven playmaker who has shown he can do it in any kind of offense. they got to figure out the money, but I love the idea. Jeff, who should the Rams trade for? Kareem Hunt. Listen, he wants to be – he wants to have all the touches. Every running back does. You don't blame him. Had a heck of a game again last It's a physical runner. And if you want Sean McVay's offense to get back onto what they want to do, it has to come through the run game. He'd be a heck of an addition uh, for a team that's kind of struggling to find their way out there in Los Angeles. Dan Graziano, who should the Cowboys trade for today? It's a hot take, and you're not going to like it, Greeny, but I don't think the Cowboys should do anything. I think they're fine. I don't think they need to go out and, and trade picks for a – for an impact guy, I think they got plenty of them on the roster already. I would stand pat if I were the Cowboys and wait for some of these injured guys to come back healthy. Well, I'm glad you're not the one who gets to make that decision. Stephen Jones. I know. <laughs> and yesterday he was asked about his willingness to act aggressively before the deadline, and here's what he said. At the right situations there, uh, we're always looking uh, to make our team better, and obviously we're very much in the uh, thick uh, of a championship run this year. So. Uh, absolutely. If we see the uh, the right situation that presents itself, uh, you, you know Jerry as well, who has the final call on this. Uh, he's an aggressive guy. So uh, first off, Stephen needs to upgrade his cellular plan uh, because we have a little trouble there with the audio. In the meantime, it's Adam Schefter. That's, that's why. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. It's a little different. It's, it's a pretty good connection from from thirty five thousand feet. Um, that said, Shefty, if we take a thirty five thousand foot look at the Dallas Cowboys, their season has been really good and figures to get better with Dak Prescott getting healthier and looking as comfortable as he did. So I guess a two part question: Should we expect any activity from the Cowboys today? And what are you hearing from people around the league? about the Cowboys and where they sit at the midway point. Well, first of all, they did make a trade already. They traded for Jonathan Hankins, and again, for teams to pull off multiple trades, this isn't fantasy football. They don't just materialize. Again, I think if there is a value out there, the Cowboys would like to make a move, but these moves just don't happen. I think when people look at the Dallas Cowboys, they look like a legitimate contender this year. They and the Eagles look like it wouldn't be a surprise if somehow they met deep in the playoffs. Dallas has just about as good a chance as anybody, the best team they've had in recent years, to make an extended playoff push here. So if there's somebody out there, yeah, I'm sure they're making calls. But as one football executive texted me this morning, it's awfully quiet today. It's too quiet. We'd like more activity. Everybody would. But keep in mind, there have already been five trades the past week and even more than that if we go back a few weeks. 
So plug that uh, Prescott back into the conversation here for me, Jeff. What did you see from him, and Ooh. what does it mean about the big picture in the NFC yeah. as Shefty was talking? Yeah, three weeks ahead of schedule. I mean, this guy played lights out. He had 27 attempts, two off-target throws. When you talk about how quickly could he get back to getting this offense where they really wanted it, they scored 40-plus points. Again, they doubled their, their, their highest total in the season uh, playing against the Chicago Bears. So I love where he is. Again, the way that Kellen Moore is calling this offense He's done exceptionally well, and Dak fit right in. Listen, it makes you a contender. They're the second-best team in the NFC, and they're really, really close to the Eagles right now. And I'm, I understand the whole down two. This is a very good football team that people should fear. Can, can you take us inside the mentality of Dak as he comes yep. back and, and all the stuff that was said around him and about him while he was gone? And now – he he wants to play great, and he did play great. Yep. That you said about him. The, the, and, and Rush, oh, said, Jerry Jones yeah. oh, said wow. it. Okay, okay. The owner of the team said okay. it. I merely repeated it. I just thought you had in Rush We Trust tatted on the chest. Oh, but wow. I must have not, on the chest. not on the oh, chest. Not on the chest. <laughs> not on the chest. Just on the arm. Like, yeah, I had it. And, 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 and only in crayon. I mean, it was easy to come out. But I, I don't. I'm not a bit. But anyway, the point that I'm making here is um, is about. Oh, I forgot. Oh, it's about Dak yes. and the mentality because he wants to go out there and every. Every quarterback wants to go out there and just fling it around, and he's got the weapons to do yeah. it. But when everyone, including I think all of us, think yep. the best bet is for them to, to run that offense through the running game, Correct. how is that for a quarterback who comes back and has to take that mentality and know that's actually the best thing for this offense? Well, I actually think the way they're approaching the game now is a relief for Dak Prescott. Yeah. They've, they're getting better as the year goes on, and, yes. and, and Jeff knows this, championship teams – find a way to get better throughout the year. Mm -hmm. yes. Dak was out. He watched Rush Hour go out there and win games. The defense played lights out, and the two running backs really carried the offense. So now Dak comes back, and he's saying to himself, all I have to do is protect the football, yes. play high-level, uh, efficient uh, game at the quarterback position, and then when they need me, to outgun a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen yes. down the stretch. Preach. Now I can do that because I haven't had to do it for 17 games throughout the year. Yes. That's the way I look at Dak Prescott right now. And he, the way he played yes. with the thumb, he's the Terminator out there. He's got some steel inside of him, and now yes. he's out there dropping down. Here's the thing, and I said this a few weeks ago. Their football team got better when he was on the bench. Yeah. Now he's coming in, and he's making everyone else around him elevate that much more. Yep. That's the form you're looking for from a football team is that the offensive line got better. CeeDee Lamb got better. Noah Brown. Like, the, everybody in that football team, the organization, they took it on themselves. We're going to get better as we're waiting for Dak to get back. And when he does, dang, he hit the ground running. Because there's one reason quarterbacks want to do all that. That's ego. The other is money. He got the money. He got his money. Other, he, yeah. he got his money, so he doesn't have to worry about the stats. What's he missing? He wants to win the Super Bowl. Right? Yeah. And if this is the way to do it. Look, I thought they looked good. It, was, it wasn't like they just came out and, like, we're just going to run the ball. They looked like they had good balance on offense the other day. He was throwing the ball exceptionally well yes. early in the game. C.D. Lamb looks like the player they drafted him to be. Yes. So, so they have a passing game that they can lean on if need be. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm very impressed. I did not think this team was as good as it is. Final word. I said Dak's not even fully back yet. Right. Right. This no, is second week. Exactly right. He didn't play he as, as good as he did this week as it, as it was last week. You know, he's, he's growing as it goes on. So for the Cowboys, you're like, hey, we got something here. Yeah. This might be the best Cowboys team we've sensed since, since 2014. So that's a quarterback coming off the best week of his season. Let's Correct. go to a quarterback coming off the worst week of his season. Danny touched on it earlier, and I want to get back quickly to Zach Wilson because 
he really struggled against the Patriots, and that's sort of underselling it yes. as he threw three interceptions in a game uh, that his team otherwise had a really good chance to win, and they wound up losing to New England for the 13th consecutive time. In his first four games this season, because, again, Wilson missed a lot of time at the beginning of the year with an injury, he threw one touchdown, zero of those coming over his last three wins as a starter. Now, it was not all bad on Sunday. He had a career high in passing yards. He threw two touchdowns, but the three interceptions were clearly alarming. So, uh, it no, it's no secret that I root for this team. And so I'm hearing from everybody. And, and we, we, oh, Shefty is on the phone, so I'll come back to him. So we talked about it with Dan. You're a quarterback. Yep. You tell me, because you know how fans are going to be. They, oh, Mike, yeah. the, the, the sky is falling. They're extraordinarily yeah. worried. What is the right way to be approaching the situation with Zach Wilson, the last year's number two overall pick right now? Yeah, you got to sit him down in the quarterback room and tell him your decision-making has to improve, period. Now, I'm not the one that's going to jump on him and, 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 and try to just give up on the kid just yet. He started 17 games. Yeah. Okay, guys, over the, the last three games, not including on Sunday, he hadn't thrown an interception in, I think, their last three games. Or he had not. That's so he, his decision-making was good in those moments, but he also had Brees Hall. And Brees that's Hall's right. ability uh, to run the football and catch the ball out of yeah. the backfield really took a lot of pressure off of Zach Wilson. The defense is playing lights out. Brees Hall is running the ball and catching the ball out of the backfield, doing all types of crazy things. But you saw his missing piece this yeah. Sunday. It made them have to lean on Zach Wilson, and he's not quite ready to do that. Right. They have a lot of offensive weapons at the skill position, yeah. but his decision-making, you saw it, the interception yeah. trying to throw the ball away, interception down the field, where lucky he was just throwing up for grabs. Yeah. Those are all bad decisions, but don't give up on Zach Wilson just yet. He's still just in his infancy. Give him an opportunity. I know that he had, there's jobs on the line that he is affecting, yeah. but at the end of the yeah. day, his talent is going to show through. Give the kid a chance. Yeah, look, he's only 23 years old. I mean, to make it clear, for whatever my opinion is worth, I totally agree with you. I, by no means do I think anyone should be talking about getting rid of him or giving up on him, and I don't think anybody is. But some of the decisions were just alarming. If, if you look, not all interceptions are created equal, Jack. Yeah. Th th there were some in that game yeah. that were genuinely alarming. Yeah, at the end of the first half, you were in, with a lead, and you dump it over the middle late, a little lollipop pass. All three were in the minus territory. The, the Patriots had the largest field position advantage in the NFL that we get all based on what your quarterback is doing. And listen, they did lose their two best players, Hall yep. and Vera Tucker. Yep. Yeah. Okay, that, that, he, he, is a, he is a phenomenal player who's played three different positions, so they have lost a significant amount. The problem is, is the Patriots showed everybody how to play the Jets. Yep. Force Zach Wilson to beat you, and it, it, by the way that he performed on Sunday, that does not show well. Because again, decision making is the key. That one where he's rolling out to the sideline, are you kidding me, bro? Yeah. That looked like Cooper. That looked like a receiver playing quarterback. Like, yeah. you, under no circumstances do you throw that ball. The, the, the throw of the middle for me as well. And let me tell you something when you're an offensive lineman sitting in the huddle, you look at your dude like, hey, bro. Every time you throw a pick, I get my freaking head smoked. How about we don't do that? Okay, let's not do that. So it's not just about one guy. It's about everybody in that huddle. Now, I, look, I appreciate the passion. Shefty, you are surrounded by people like me all the time yeah. who I'm sure are asking you questions. What is yeah. your big picture take on this? Well, I think we have to keep in mind the fact that the Jets have lost their two best offensive players in the last week, Elijah Vera Tucker might have been their most valuable player. Brees yep. Hall might have been the offensive rookie of the year. And both players are essentially lost for the season. There's no way that's not going to impact the quarterback. They've been through any number of changes along the offensive line and lost all sorts of offensive line talent. There's no way that that's not going to impact 
the young quarterback. And so for all the Jets fans who are out there who are panicking on the quarterback, here's what I would say, Greeny. What's the Jets' record right now, Greeny? You tell me. Five and three. Okay, oh, they're five and three. Wow. Yeah. Would you have taken five and three? At the beginning of the season, if I had said something to you, okay. that is a typical Jets fan. Absolutely, every no, every fan would okay. have. That's, that's exactly okay. right. So, so let's take five and three, and let's see how the young quarterback plays the rest of the year. Once they figure out their offensive line, once some of these young wide receivers develop, let's have a little bit of patience before we run off another quarterback in New York and start making rash decisions. Again, give the guy a little bit of time. He had a bad game. He made some bad decisions on Sunday. You hope if he's the quarterback that you want him to be, he'll grow and learn from that and become hey, a better quarterback. You, you know how you make him be the quarterback? Don't throw it 41 times. Yeah. Don't throw it 40. Let me say it again. Problem. Don't throw it 41 times. No, sir. Graziano, final word. Yeah, that, their plan was to build it around the running game and bring yes. him along without yes. asking too much of him too soon. But the losses that Adam's talking about, by the way, they didn't have Corey Davis for this game. I know that doesn't yeah. sound like much, but he's a big part of their run Blocking. game as a blocker right. and all that. So it was a bad position to put him in, and he did not, he did not step up. When they were winning, Zach Wilson averaged 21 throws a game. Yeah. yeah. They th- th- doubled that, and he... And you see the results. All right. It's not that We'll hard, leave it people. there for the moment. We'll see where it winds up going. We'll see what – we'll get Saturday calm down. In the Golly. meantime, let's talk about the two best teams oh, in the league. The Bills and the Eagles, both impressive in their wins this past weekend. Are they just head and shoulders the best in the sport? We'll answer that question as we continue. And we'll see if Graziano can answer this one. Nick Chubb rushed for 100 yards and two touchdowns on Monday Night Football last night. Which player has the most career games – like that, meaning 100 yards rushing and two touchdowns. The answer's next. Get up on ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Back on Get Up and Good Calls are brought to you by Subway. Joe Burrow sacked five times last night. Here was a good call from Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Burrow, three for three on third down. Not this time. Sacked by Garrett. Sacked again is Burrow. Deion Jones. Pressure and down goes Burrow. Is that kind of night for Joe Burrow as Cleveland wins a big at home on Monday Night Football. Meanwhile, here we go with the yeah. competition. This is a good question. It is. So Nick Chubb had 100 yards rushing, two touchdowns in that game. 
Which player has the most career games like that? I was talking to Hembo in the break, and I feel like I saw it or some something similar with uh, with Nick Chubb and uh, and Ladanian Tomlinson, who makes a lot of sense as the answer anyway. So uh, because that's in my head, I'm guessing Ladanian Tomlinson. That's Am correct. Right? It is. It is Ladanian Tomlinson <laughs> back on the winning Brandon track. Too, Look how close way. it is, by the way. It's Ladanian Tomlinson at 26 of them. Jim Brown 25, uh, Emmitt Smith I might 24. Have, I might have seen that. Somewhere. So that, it was, that may be just it stuck in my head. Yeah. It was just that close. Yeah. That's a good question, yeah, 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 and that's yeah. a good win. Graziano back to a huh. touchdown. He's got the extra point advantage right now, so that is well done. Okay, Graziano gets the win. Meanwhile, a lot of NFL teams getting a lot of wins. Let's get RG3 in here as week eight is in the books. We near the midseason point, and so RG3, we're asking you for the power rankings. Who are, in order, the five best teams in the National Football League right now? Well, Greeny, the first one, this is a very competitive spot at number five, but it's the Baltimore Ravens. They just traded for Roquan Smith to improve that defense, and Lamar Jackson seems to be back on track with Gus Edwards back in the fold. Their passing game is going to run through the tight ends with Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews. And, oh, they just got Deshaun Jackson mm-hmm. to take the top off the defense. So that's the Ravens. Number two, or number four, should I say, is the Dallas Cowboys. All right, they figured it out. They know what they got to do. They got to play lights out defense with Micah Parsons. They got to run the offense through their running backs with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. And notice I said Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Keep it that way. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And Dak Prescott is coming back playing lights out this week. Incredible performance. Number three, we got the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes seems to be playing the best of his career without Tyreek Hill because they've utilized all their new weapons from Miko Hartman, who was already there, Travis Kelsey, who was already there, but Juju Smith-Schuster, Marcus Valdez-Scanling, and their running game has been incredible. So that's why I got the Chiefs there at number three. At number two, we got the Buffalo Bills. Now, some people might want to flip-flop them and make them number one, but Josh Allen didn't have his greatest game this past Sunday, and they still won the football game because their defense and Von Miller stepped up big time. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, must-see TV. They're still getting better throughout the year, but they're not quite number one because the number one team on the list is the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. Undefeated. Some people say it's an easy pick, but this man right here, Jalen Hurts, is operating from the pocket like so many people said he couldn't. Their offense is blowing up. A.J. Brown, that true number one wide receiver, allowing them to go out there and really spread the field. Their defense can win a game for them. They win more games in different ways than anybody else in the league right now. Two teams I want to ask you guys about. No one can really argue with this. Some might say they think the Bills are better than the Eagles. There could be some debate at number five. I can hear a lot of people in Minnesota saying, why is no one yeah. taking the Vikings seriously? They only have one loss. It's two Philadelphia. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're six and one. Just how good are the Vikings? Do they belong? in your mind, knocking on the door on this I think the scary part for the Vikings is they've won five games that were were one-score games. And so that means, you know, your point differential, you're you're on razor-thin ice right there. And so I think that would be the question that people ask about them. Can they really be explosive when they need to be, right? So the style of games that they're winning, I would actually end up putting the Miami Dolphins where the Ravens are. I just think when you think about them, they beat the Ravens, obviously, but, 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 you know, that late comeback. But Waddle and Hill have played lights out. And let me tell you something, when Tua is at quarterback, it is a different 
football team. Yeah. I mean, they, the energy you see out of them and his confidence in the pocket. He was the biggest question mark in the AFC. Hurts was the biggest question mark in the NFC. Both those guys have played lights out this season. It's ironic because they were teammates at Alabama once upon a time. Graziano, right. quick thought. I would put the Bills number one. I, I know the Eagles are undefeated. I just feel like the Bills are – they're a team with no weaknesses. Like, like they just, there's just no way to attack. I'm a little concerned if, if Poyer's out that they're a little weaker at safety, but right. fundamentally, I, I think they're all around the best team I've seen. And I will say one other thing, and I don't disagree with any of the things on this list, and you couldn't put the team I'm about to name in there because of the record and everything else, but when healthy, with the acquisition of Christian McCaffrey, the San Francisco oh, yeah. 49ers yeah. will be on this list Eventually. somewhere yes, they soon. <laughs> they, right, they right now feel to me like they are as big a threat as anybody in that NFC. All right, well done. In the meantime, tomorrow night we got NBA action coming your way. A star-studded doubleheader here on ESPN. We got the Cleveland with, uh, taking on Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and the Celtics. And then we got Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs. Uh, then we got the Blazers hosting Ja and the Grizzlies. Coverage tips off with NBA Countdown. Seven Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. Coming up, speaking of Cleveland, it was a good night for them last night. Not so much for Joe Burrow. He was hit early and often. How much fire is Cincinnati playing with now? Sounds like a debate for first take. They're coming your way in seven minutes right here on ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Tonight on SportsCenter at 6 Eastern, we're counting down to the reveal of the first college football playoff rankings of the season. Featuring Kirk Herbstreet and a host of playoff experts, we'll break down which teams deserve to be on top and who should be on the outside looking in. SportsCenter, tonight at 6 Eastern on ESPN. All right, tonight our ESPN Hockey Night doubleheader starts in Pittsburgh. Sidney Crosby and the Penguins hosting David Pasternak and the Bruins. 8 Eastern, then out west, we got Trevor Zegris and the Ducks taking on their rival Sharks. Coverage begins with the point at 6 Eastern on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Meanwhile, we are counting it down to the NFL trade deadline. Just over six hours from now, uh, the deals need to be done and... We've talked about the Cowboys this morning. Speaking on 105.3 The Fan, this is a tweet from Todd Archer. Jerry Jones said things could, quote, get feverish as the deadline approaches. He said, we got some things we're entertaining. He's always entertaining. Shefty, what do you make of that? Adam Schefter with us here. How about it? 
Well, Greeny, we love Feverish. We're all for trades. We hope the Cowboys pull off a big blockbuster. But he also said in the same interview that there's a better chance of nothing happening than something happening. However, we're all rooting for something to happen, something big to happen. We want a lot of trades today. It'll make the day that much more entertaining and lively. We're pulling for it. But again, let's keep our expectations in check. Again. We should set a rule in the NFL that mandatory one trade per team. <laughs> per team. That would be <laughs> fun. Right Let's just line. spice things up. Well, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. Says, Why not? Hold you on. Know? You'd, see, you'd see teams just trading each no, other. No, no, real players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Jeff, Jeff, I like that rule, Jeff, but they should push back the trade deadline two more weeks, put yes. it around Thanksgiving. I'm not trying to take myself away from my family any more than I already am, but let's put the trade deadline right around there later in the year and have all teams mandated to make a trade like that. Yes. Love that, yeah. Jeff. Yes. Later in the year. Yes. A later trade deadline, I think, would lead to more deals. When the league pushed back the trade deadline from week six to week eight, it led to an increase in activity. And if That's they right. increased it from eight to ten, it would increase it yeah. that much more. Don't just call me commission. I, I think For they're sure. worried. <laughs> sure. I think they're worried about, you know, teams giving up and tanking and the ends of the season a little right. bad. So, so what? I, you know, we're in this zone now. <laughs> <laughs> so what? <laughs> so what? Oh, the Cowboys need to make a deal. They got they got Philly, they got San Francisco, they got Minnesota all sitting out there. Well, Green, they need a deal. Hey, Greeny, yes, we the Cowboys the Cowboys should make the deal. Yeah. Similar to what the Rams have done. Yeah. They need to go get Bradley Chubb. Go, oh, oh. Cowboys get, get Bradley Chubb. And forget it. No one will want to play quarterback against them for the rest <laughs> no, of the season. for real. Shefty will be busy all day long. We'll keep a very close eye and ear on that. We're heading over to ESPN Radio Coast to Coast in 60 seconds. These guys are going over to First Take, which follows us next right here on ESPN. <laughs> 